This show is part of the Miles Offside Podcast Network. Visit twitter.com slash milesoffsidepod for more information. And now, on with the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and welcome to our <laughs> annual Super Mega Fantasy FPL Super Spectacular! <laughs> joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chuck Bailey, who is a Crystal Palace fan, and super producer Ian Stimson, who is not a Crystal Palace fan. True. Brilliant. True. Opens it up to interpretation there. Yeah. I'm a Peterborough fan, which means FPL is not a problem for me. No favouritism. Nope. And I'm a Palace fan, which means no Brighton. That's it. <laughs> One rule. <laughs> which doesn't usually hurt you, does it? Mm, not so much. No. Not so much. Uh, so, how's everybody doing this week? Good. Are you going to persist with this more low-key intro? Because I feel like we need to have like a jazzier theme tune, if that's, if that's I, the case. Our theme tune's pretty funky jazzy. It's not yeah. like... I mean, I, I can not do the... I just no, no, no. I'm perfectly happy with I it. Mean, I mean, people, just... people do love the end welcome. Yeah. I did get a few messages <laughs> yeah. on Twitter last week that they were like, are you going to phase out the end welcome? It's <laughs> like, I guess I could never. It's very like Big Bopper. Like you're trying to impregnate some ladies with your voice. I mean, that's just a Friday night around here. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Chuck Ditchett. No, I mean, I I don't know. I'll see how I'm feeling. Change it up week to week. But And and Welcome will be somewhere in there, for sure. Change it up. We'll get rid of the American. Oof, wow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Somebody woke up cranky from his nap. Jeez. (laughs) I've had two naps today. Two naps and three LucasAids? Four. Four LucasAids. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Man of leisure on Wednesdays. So this is how it goes. Good. Right. Well, if you're a regular listener, uh, we're mixing it up a bit this week. We're not going to go through news. And obviously there's no fixtures or actual football to talk about. So we are doing our once a year big time annual fantasy special. We're going to talk about some FPL. Then we're going to talk about some draft games for the American fans and people who might otherwise be inclined to try that out. And then we'll have some listener questions and kind of call it a week from there. Um, so I guess I don't have a, like, news thing to do, so... And now, rapid, rapid, rapid fire FPL conversations. Good. I'll still put the jingle in. Great. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it won't be rapid fire, so it fits. Yeah, sorry, everything's exactly. fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Stimmers, do you want to take the lead on this since you're you're our low resident FPL guy, or how how do we want to go about this conversation, do you think? Well, I've got I've got a team. We could go through we could go through my team and talk about structure. Okay, I know Chuck doesn't have a team. No team. I logged in about half an hour ago, did auto pick, and have the most garbage team in the world. So maybe I'll just leave it as that. Who knows? But I, I resent the fact that Ian's the FPL expert when I beat both of you last year. Well, I didn't play. I had the most fun I've ever had playing FPL last year. Because you didn't play. Yeah. Because I just made decisions based on who I like. And I was like, oh, you know what? I want him in my team. He makes me happy to have. And I finished horribly. <laughs> I was like outside the top million. But I enjoyed this season for once as opposed to like sitting here pulling my hair out and hating everything. 
This is true. That's what happens to Ian. That's why he looks like Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Is it FPL? It's entirely <laughs> FPL related, yeah. If I quit, will it grow back? Could you even quit, honestly? I don't think so. No, right? I, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, if I view my game week history, it goes back to 2008, 2009. Wow. Game, yeah, and before then I was playing Telegraph, and before then I was phoning it in on the sun. Shit, <laughs> you really are fucking old. <laughs> yeah, you used to have to phone in your transfers during the transfer window. My first season was 2011-12, and I finished 1,251,000 with 1,699 points for the whole season. That was not good. Jesus, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't know what's more impressive, Ian, the fact that you've been playing since 0809 or you've got still got the same email address. Because I don't have the history of mine from back then. That's a very good point, yeah. I think I'm still on the... I'm on a Gmail address I got soon after university or maybe even... Yeah, so my, I've had that this email address yeah, for you years. Yeah, you must have gotten it when it was still by invite only, right? That's when I got mine. Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, 04-ish. I want to say yeah something like that yeah, yeah. all right so um i guess i i might i'll start it off since i'm used to hosting so that's fine um and i'll talk about not so much my team because i don't care about that but i do care about the methodology and i love a good excuse to make a spreadsheet and make a formula and stuff um so that's kind of how i approach fpl at least when i'm when i care that's how you approach life. It's in spreadsheet form. Yeah, last night on Nerdy Nerd, we literally made a new spreadsheet to be able to rank books because it's a little different from the one that we used to rank movies. And I was like, uh-huh. yes, please. Mm. <laughs> um, so what I do is I download all the data for cost, points, and minutes that the players have played because I figure what goes into a good pick. You want someone who gets a lot of points, plays good minutes, and isn't super expensive, right? So that's generally the things, at least for me, that go into making a good player. And so I take all that and I made a formula once it has the data that calculates how good of a player they are, basically, based on last season's data. And the formula is the points for the season divided by the minutes for the season, so points per minute, yep. times points per dollar or cost. Okay. So you basically have the points times the points divided by minutes divided by cost times 90 to just to regulate the numbers to make it per 90 instead of whatever. And you get scores that come out the other side and and then you look at the scores and you're like, oh, okay, someone is much better than I thought or someone is way overrated. And that's kind of how I go about it. How do you guys go about picking your teams though? Like, Um, I pressed auto pick. Yeah. And what I then do is take out the players I don't like and then put in like blokes that are good that don't play for shit teams. Cool. And from the cadence of your voice, it sounds like you're doing this now? Um, well, I, yeah. I'm <laughs> looking on the website now and just kind of generically clicking on players, I think. And that's kind of the approach. This is um, beautiful. What a, ju- what a juxtaposition of methods. Yeah, and this is me not caring about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so you've got Spreadsheet Ninja over there <laughs> who actively doesn't care about it doing this. And then you've got the guy who beat both of you last year. What? Uh, 2,212 points. Thank you very much. Just scrolling and uh, picking people. I had the worst year since my son was born. And I, I feel like FPL should provide an asterisk for any year where you have a kid. Because that should just be a write-off. Because Well, I don't know, because I had a child last year and it was my best year, so... 
Uh, just imagine how good Chuck could have been if he didn't have a kid. Usually it totally, it totally puts you off during the season because you miss deadlines, you miss midweek matches especially. You know, your whole schedule goes out of, out of the window because you're maybe not working as much or you're not sleeping as much. But you, you smashed it last season, Chuck. I mean, what was what was different? I think it was the first season where I didn't take it that seriously. I just tried not to... Ta- well, not that I didn't take it seriously, sorry, but I didn't overthink. I just didn't take points hits ah. and make snap decisions like... You know, when you have like one bad game week and you go, right, I'm going to do like five transfers and just get over with and burn my wild card and everything. And I just kind of realised that it's a game and not to overstress about it. I mean, as much as it is good kind of interacting with FPL, Twitter uh, kind of pages, it does muddy the waters quite a bit when you get people that take it a wee bit too seriously. Um, says the people who are dedicating an hour and a half of their lives just to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I just kind of relaxed and, and like I said before, just picked players that I thought were going to be good. So without reading too much into it, you realise there's more to life. <laughs> so played a bit better. Yeah, because... and I stopped picking Palace players. And stopped picking <laughs> Palace players, okay. I mean, you, one thing you said in there does jump out. The season's when I've done well and when I like really cared. Not taking points hits is massive. And I have, I have no mm-hmm. fucking self-control, and it's, like, frustrating to me not to take point hits. That's why I, like, draft so much more, is because, like, on draft, I I I think last year in the Gaffer Tapes League, I did, like, twice as many waiver processes as, like, the second most. Like, I, I put in, I, I'm a tinkerer, you know, a stinker tinker. Like, <laughs> I just, every week, nine changes, nine changes. So playing FPL, like, I find that really constricting. And last year, I was taking two, three hits every week because I was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm just having fun. And like, it was really liberating. But I think when you want to do well, which obviously a lot of our listeners will want to, it, it is like points hits is such a key thing. Like, just fucking leave your team alone. Yeah, it can, it can suck a lot out of you because you you realize then to make the points back, that player has to get like at least six versus the other player. And then then you start to second guess yourself because the guy you just dropped is, you know, scores big and... It's just a bit too much worrying and overthinking. Like I left all my transfers really late last year so that I actually knew who was who wasn't gonna get injured and like one of two times that I did it early, um, that player then was ruled out for the weekend because of FA Cup or Europe or whatever. So I don't know, I just think my my approach rather than trying to overthink and spend hours and hours and hours and hours is just go by what feels natural, but at the same time just do what makes you enjoy it because otherwise what's the bloody point that is true i mean so many people forget that don't they it is just a game and if someone's doing something different to you even if they're getting someone crazy and then captain it captaining them you don't need to go on twitter and call them a bellend like that they're just having fun listen like, what, playing I, the what game. I do in my spare time is none of your business <laughs> yeah. Ian, okay? i wish you wouldn't do that to me oscar <laughs> <laughs> really hurts yeah it really does it really does i captain duffy one time <laughs> Fucking Duffy. Oh, God, that was a bad Us being idea. assholes to each other on Twitter is, like, literally how we met and became friends. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> That's true. I can't exactly call bullshit now, can I? But um, I think FPL hits the sweet spot. I know you prefer draft, Oscar. But I think FPL hits the sweet spot of a game that's just complicated enough. Like, you have to mess with it every week. If you want to be really good at it, you've got to take some time. But... Generally, if you're in a work mini league of, I don't know, 10 people, 
you don't have to put in a huge amount of work to probably win it. No, no, that's definitely true. That's another thing that I found way more enjoyable this year is that I concentrated on a work mini league because it's people you know and people you see every day and like you can actually shit talk and stuff as opposed to wondering about, you know, these people who, you know, they're just great at it somehow. A game that is ostensibly random and luck. We'll see. You know, but don't don't worry about people you've never met and what they're doing and trying to copy them and now think like beat Gary at work. <laughs> if there's a Gary, I don't know. You know, all these people that be like, yeah, 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 I know about him, yeah, yeah, keep it quiet, keep it quiet, but he's going to have a good season this year. And then you just annihilate him because he thinks he knows football and he doesn't. Fucking <laughs> Gary. And then he starts a podcast with two guys he, he met on Twitter. <laughs> Gary's FPL podcast. FPL Gaza. There must be something to what you're saying, though, because, like, I don't have, I used to have a mini league with, like, a handful of American guys that I knew. And then they all just stopped playing fantasy. And so, like, now all the mini leagues that I'm in are, like, people that we know from FPL Twitter and from the Gaffer Tapes Twitter. And, like, our friends and stuff. So, like, every mini league I'm in is people who are, like, super serious about it. Mm -hmm. Serious enough that we fucking found each other and became friends on Twitter for being fans of a specifically fantasy podcast. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. That's how deep in we are. And so, like, those are the only people I'm playing with on mini leagues. And I'm like, I don't care enough to, like, beat you guys. Like, I just don't. I care about draft, and it's a hundred percent like. Well, yeah, because that's that's it's about what effort. Kind of makes like, sense with draft because obviously it's a lot smaller leagues, and so you choose who you're going to be with, and because there's a lot more interaction, and there's even more competition because you're not just trying to beat people for points, but you're trying to steal players away from them and all that kind of stuff. That it's a lot more engaging. It's why it's a, it's a shame because I really really like the draft format, but it it's a bit more of a commitment of time and keeping oh, on top of much things. more. Um, right yeah. up until you know the the kickoff um, of each game, uh, because you can you can set your lineups and change right up until the the kickoff, uh, and keep changing players from your pool of players that aren't assigned to a team, as well as swapping out from your subs bench. Um, so or, it's really uh, if intricate. you're friends with like a French English guy, you can offer him a really terrible trade once a season and. You know, he'll usually take it and kind of give you the championship that way, or I don't know, just hypothetically speaking. The annual Oscar Raff trade rape. I don't I don't prefer that terminology. <laughs> I mean, it's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, Raff has been instrumental in two of my victories in the Gaffer Tapes draft league, so. Yeah. And how many years have we done it? Twice. Yes. Yeah, the official Gaffer Atsu League. Ash almost beat me the first year. Uh, it came down late. The last year, I kind of ran away with it. Yeah, you do seem to be a, something of a connoisseur, and you're you're gonna maybe take us to a bit. Of yeah. Draft All right. So later. yeah, we'll we'll save the draft talk for later. Let's let's talk about our actual teams. Let's talk about players. Yeah. Can we first talk about the fact that I've just realised that the season kicks off on a Friday, and I don't like it. I hate a Friday. I hate a Friday. Why? Why is it Friday the 9th of August? Why is it Liverpool Norwich? I was sure you always open the season with the reigning champions. Well, Liverpool set like the second most points ever. Of course, oh, they're the yeah, reigning champions. They won oh, the no. they won the points, oh. the points trophy, the trophy for the points. <laughs> yeah, um, the most points without winning the most points. That that award. <laughs> um, That's never not going to be funny. No, no, it really isn't. Uh, uh, it's going to be such a shame if they win the league this year. So yeah, Friday kickoff. Boo, boring. Yeah, bad times. Liverpool are an interesting team for sure. They have so many options. 
Yeah, I mean, team by team is a, is a way we could do this. But, I mean, Liverpool are really interesting. I mean, like, they dribbled out a few Liverpool players' prices uh, before the game went live. And there was some surprise at some of them because I think what they've done price-wise with everyone seems to be a bit of compression. So we speculate there might be a price rise for Salah. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been. There's been a price drop down to 12.5. A lot of the real top prices have, seem to have dropped a little bit. Kane is 11, I think. And you might have assumed he might come in a bit higher. Whereas budget-wise, it's a real struggle. Mm-hmm. You, if you want it, if you want the sort of classic total budget bench, possibly you know, but playing bench, it's not really possible. No, it's fucking. It's brutal. not possible. To, yeah, yeah, it's it's really not possible to get a full on playing bench at the sort of levels you used to get. So, and then it becomes a matter of like how many Liverpool players or City players are you gonna have, right? Because like looking at my algorithm. All four, the top four players for the rating, so in terms of like most points per minute and most points per dollar, are Liverpool, and six of the top eight are Liverpool. Like they were fantasy gold for points per minute and points per dollar, like both of them last year. That's probably because I was slightly underpriced. Right. Well, no, because that counts. That takes into account their cost this year based on their stats last. Oh, year. this year, right? I see. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So if you had gotten Salah at twelve point five last year, he would be. Rated at a 148, let's say, according to the algorithm, right? So, like, which is really high. That's high. I was going to say, I need a scale. That's yeah, I was going <laughs> yeah, to say, this is just on the Oscar scale. The best no one, one is a it. 180, the worst one is a 30. Okay. Well, there are people in the single digits, but, like, they're not anyone mm. that you would ever, like, think about. But Yeah, right. okay. Gotcha. But, yeah, it is, it is strange, especially now, like, all of a sudden you get three defenders for Liverpool. So, Van Dijk, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold are all 6.5 or 7 million. Yeah. Um, and it's not very often you see that, especially the fact that Alexander-Arnold scored less points than Van Dijk, but is now more expensive, which is very we've, strange. We've not seen those prices since Baines, basically. Yeah. Oh, but back in the day, Baines. Not Baines yeah. now, because... No, not Baines now. No. Because Baines now is... Wee! Five million. He's still five. Soul. I didn't know he was still playing. Well, so you guys said that Trent Alexander-Arnold had less points, but actually, if you go by points per minute... He is much higher up. So he ends up higher up on the algorithm than Van Dyke. Yeah, I think he. it was towards the end of the season that he became basically nailed on and I think will continue to be. I think I think he's a he's a really good pick, to be honest. I think like you say, it's but it's points per minute and I think he's cemented himself now in Klopp's plans. So Absolutely. He he is absolutely no. I think I think seven million's a, a totally fair price. I think seven million's fair for Robertson. And I think six point five for Van Dyke is good pricing as well. It sure is. Official FPL rarely get it wrong. I think they've got it wrong with uh, Wolves Doherty. Yeah, uh, six, six million, million is wow. That's... crazy. I don't know who was because I mean let's not pretend they don't have people who play fantasy football like advising them for me the fantasy football scout or whatever. Six, who who went along with six million? That's that's insane. That's a that's a casual player capture basically. Like people all look down the um, points list last year and go, oh well maybe Doc, but six million is silly. Um, but seven million for Alexander Arnold Robertson and six point five for Van Dyke isn't. It's really good pricing. Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that Wolves, like they had an amazing season last year. But you, it's easy to have one good season. 
you know what I mean, and not be able to back it up, especially as a promoted team who now, they're going to be in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of question marks over walls that I'm, you know, potentially looking right now. There's, you know, there's no way I'm not going to have Liverpool and City players in my team. Right. Um, Chelsea, for the moment, I'm happy to wait because you know you don't really know at the moment what Frank's going to do because there's a big change. The only player I have, and this is as a Chelsea fan who doesn't fucking care about being biased in my fantasy picks, because whatever, I still only have one Chelsea player, and it's Pulisic. You've got Pulisic, yeah? Yeah, that for me makes no sense, because you've got, not only have you got a team that you don't know how they're going to play with a new manager, you've got a player who's never played in the league before. So personally, again, I'm... I'm happy to wait and see on, on Pulisic. Not not that I doubt his abilities, but we've yeah, seen yeah, time yeah. and again the, the transition periods for players coming into the league uh, that can happen. So are you guys going for doubling up on the Liverpool defence? Because I know that's the big question, right? Because you have like, you know, you have your Salah, your Mane, your Allison. Like there's so many good Liverpool players. So if you double up on the defence or triple mm. up on the defence, like now you're missing out that slot somewhere else. So what, what's your approach there? Well, I'm I'm personally doubling up at the minute. Obviously, I reserve the right to change, but sure. I've got uh, Alexander Arnold and Robertson. Um, I would not usually go for two premium defenders, let alone two seven million defenders. Generally, six. Yeah, that's a that's crazy. Yeah, but I am doing this year, um, or at the minute. All of this is subject. Well, they to are change. the two best players according to my algorithm too. So, like, right? I I think they're impossible impossible to ignore. Really, I think. The attacking threat they pose and the number of clean sheets that Liverpool delivered and yep. will, will probably deliver. I mean, yeah, it's too much to ignore, to be honest. And there's good, also, they're going to have very high ownership. So why not start with them? If it looks like they're not firing, you can get rid. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've got defence-wise, I've got two premium assets, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, and then three budget ones. And uh, I have I often, and I know this goes against a lot of FPL players, but I often play with a budget goalkeeper and a, maybe not premium, if not premium, a mid-price goalkeeper. Yeah. And I'm not doing that this year. I'm going for two budget. So that- I always do the budget rotation keepers. Two, so two budget, a, yeah. Someone at home. See, last year I just did set and forget I just picked one keeper for massive long stretches and didn't worry about a replacement because you spend too long especially with rotation it's trying to work out who's going to be good and the amount of times I've been stung in the past by is just picking the wrong keeper I think the season before last four weeks in a row for the first four weeks of the season I had the wrong keeper on my bench right and it and it's just you know that instantly can cost you like 30 points but when you say set and forget, do you mean like a premium set and forget? Yeah, yeah. Like just one. I, I think I had Edison. I just had Edison, yeah. 5.5 million, away you go. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's a bad strategy. Uh, I just, this year, to get the attacking players I wanted and have Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, I had no option but to downgrade because originally Edison was in my team as well. But I eventually had to just go, I need I need to find 1.5 million from somewhere. Yeah, it's very interesting when you look at the prices because, you know, you say about the, the premium defenders, etc. But, you know, Robertson is priced at 7 million and last year scored 213. So he's, he's the top scoring defender. And then you go to midfielders and the fourth highest scoring midfielder was Sigurdsson who got uh, 182 points but he's a million more expensive yeah so it's it seems to be weighted more towards defense and it's it's what you kind of said Ian the fact that there's price compression there that they're trying to 
rather than create some sort of like defensive midfielder position or change forwards to midfielders, which has happened in some places, so we'll get into into that. But it seems like this wing back kind of role, this bombing forward player, is finally kind of being classified as a more of a midfield by dropping that midfield price. Absolutely. I also have two Liverpool defense, which I don't normally have. I normally have like one good defender and then budget all the way through. Okay. But like Chuck, like you were just saying, there's no you're not gonna find seven million or six and a half million in in midfield that's at all any fucking good. Like looking at the seven million midfielders, Milivojevic, Felipe Anderson, and Pedro are the three best according to last year's stats, mm. like the, the using the algorithm. How does it work for you with, uh, I mean, again, team bias, but how does it work with that with Zaha? Because he's been moved from forward to midfielder. So his points from last year would have been higher. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and like cal- <laughs> recalculate everything. So I just go off what the points were last year. Right, okay. Because obviously someone like that is where, you know, you, you see him below Richarlison, um, who's his 10 points behind an 8 million, but... Easily with all of Zaha's goals, you know, it's an extra point for every goal, which is 10 points. It's worth paying attention to those kind of things as well. Not that I'm putting him in my team, because when I put Palace players in my team, we play shit. He should never have been reclassified as a forward in the first place. No, not at all. I hate when they do that with wingers. Yeah. If you're not a fucking striker, leave him as a midfield. Like Hazard was a midfielder, but then they always thought people were like, oh, is he going to be a forward? Is he going to be a forward? Then they move to Alexis Sanchez to forward, right? Like, I, I fucking hate when they do that with wingers. That's not fair at all. I know. It, it's tricky with how the game has changed now. But FPL's almost already set up for that anyway, in that you only have three striker spots. So the fact that most mm. the fact that most teams play with one out-and-out striker, well, the game's already set up for that anyway. So you don't need to worry right. about it. You don't need to keep reclassifying people. Unless a team plays like a 3-5-2 or something... You don't need to worry about reclassifying wingers as forwards. It's it's largely pointless. Well, okay, so that's a good place then. Let's transition to forwards because you just brought them up. Are there any good, genuinely good forward picks out there this year that you see, Ian? So, well, I can take you through what I've got at the minute. Um, and I usually try and go premium mid budget. But sure. this year I've gone um, Aubameyang as a premium. Okay, uh, and then I both of them are six point five. I've got uh, Jota for Wolves and King from Bournemouth. Nice, those are good picks. I I think you can't. I don't think you can find a budget one. When I was looking originally, I had like Jossalu for Newcastle at five point five, but he's been moved on now. Oh, poor Jossalu. <laughs> um, poor poor New. Actually, can we just take a moment? Poor Newcastle. Well, poor... <laughs> Steve Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce, 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 we should have maybe a moment because Chuck's right. Um, just from an FPL point of view, there should be a moment of silence for Newcastle. Newcastle, bye, bye. Iosi Perez, out. <laughs> Rafa Benitez, out. Poor Hosselu, gone. Ugh. Rondon, back on loan to West Brom. <laughs> Dwight Gale, back. <laughs> don't don't be slagging off Dwight Gale. He's ex Peterborough. Um, he's ex Palace as well. I say what I want. Yeah, yeah, he sorry. is not a Premiership player. Of course, sorry. Um, but wow, you can't be getting Newcastle players. Nope. Steve Bruce appointed. I heard on uh, Radio Five Live today that he was apparently eleventh on their list. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's eleventh on their starting eleven. That's that's what I mean, like <laughs> yeah, to actually yeah, be Steve in the team. Is going to be picking himself. Yeah, yeah he's player manager. Um, not a lot of people. I know would this love right to now. see that. 
But no, I mean, if if there's even a hint of truth in that, and that was an ex-Newcastle player saying that on the radio, then that's just shocking. But it's also not surprising, is it? Because apparently Allardyce turned them down. Although he might just be saying that, but whatever. It's Allardyce. Yeah, exactly. Pint of wine. Yeah, I turned them down. Um, yeah, you can't go near him at the minute. You've- no, and it, and it's proof of the point that their most expensive player is six million, um, which is Miguel Almiron, and he's the only one on six million. And even Norwich have two 6.5 million players. So <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Newcastle, uh, I mean, RIP. Yeah. So I should probably take Lascelles out of my team. I think. Is what I'm hearing. When? Yeah, well, well, who knows? Because he could transfer to a good team. <laughs> yeah, there is that. He was in my first draft when I thought they were going to get At taken 4.5, over. He's, he has good points last and, year. But... Yeah, and, and I thought Benitez might stay. Oh, he, he was in there, but he's right out now. You can't go near any Newcastle players. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was interest for me because Matt Ritchie had somehow moved to being a defender. And so you thought with him playing midfield, that could be interesting. But you went from, you know, Lascelles' defensive numbers are probably good, but that's from a heavily defensive manager. Right. Steve Bruce, just what what is Steve Bruce? He's a lovely bloke. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. <laughs> but A lovely guy. <laughs> he's a genuinely lovely bloke, but... My word. I mean, it's a trade down, isn't it, from Benitez to Bruce? It's no good. It's no good. No one can ever question the dedication of a Newcastle fan because God, if no. it can make me kind of feel better about my, <laughs> my support for my club and, and the ringer I get put through, like, fuck yeah. me, Newcastle. <laughs> like, Considering the not... I don't think very not great quality of the teams that have come up from the championship. I think Newcastle will, as it stands, definitely go down. That's saying something because I don't think the quality of the teams that have come up is great. All right, so back to strikers. Yeah, then. sorry. No budget. I agree. There's no good budget picks at all. No, n- not like super low. So no. then you're up into your sort of low to mid tier. So I think Jota at 6.5 is a good pick. I definitely hear what you're saying about Wolves, but 6.5 feels worth the risk because Wolves changed to a 3-5-2 about 12 games out and Jota was on fire during that time. He didn't start the season all that well. He came in and a lot of uh, a lot of FPL teams had him game week one and then he dropped in price because he didn't do very well. Yeah. But um, towards the end of the season, he was virtually essential and him coming in at only 6.5 feels like no risk to me. Yeah, and it's the same price he came into last season when he was an unknown quantity. Yeah, it's it's the one thing that's always a shame as well from uh, what, once you move on a season is that all you see is the season summary as opposed to when the points came from. Because uh, I always like to look for that as when, whether it was, you know, whether they were consistent throughout the season or whether they just had kind of surges. But I, I remember Jota towards the end mm. just nailing it. And the same for Leander Dendonka. Um, who is getting good involvement? I think we'll, so. Yes, yeah, ab- absolutely. We'll get on to him. But Jota today, uh, there was a friendly with Wolves and Newcastle. No, was it Asia Trophy or a friendly? Who knows? Asia Trophy. Oscar, you as resident <laughs> Asia Trophy expert. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Wolves beat Newcastle 4 0 and Jota scored. Is that it? Yeah, that is it, actually. Yeah. Disappointing for Wolves. Uh, and Jota scored twice. Um, and then Donker had some goal involvement as well. Indeed, four point five mil. That is 
Interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll get onto him. I think because I I've got him, and I think there's good reason to have him. So does that mean then that you didn't go for Jimenez? Because he's the other really good Wolves pick. True, I didn't. No, because I just thought seven point five was just a touch too much. In that I can I can get on him if I need to. Like if he if he goes pervert. Thanks. If he goes ballistic, I can get on him, and it's it's not too hard to do that. But for a million less. And the numbers at the towards the end of the season were pretty much the same. I'll have Jota. That's not a problem. Okay. King, I've got six point five now. Again, because you know what the FPL community is like. Bournemouth had a friendly recently where Wilson scored twice. Now Wilson's at eight million. Oh, that's hefty for a very injury-prone player. You say that, but I will counter with this. In my algorithm. There are there's a three way tie. Is for your the algorithm top. going to be the new Chelsea winning the Champions League in 2012? <laughs> <laughs> just for this episode, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I just it's formulaic, right? I don't have to like put opinion into it. It's just points per dollar times points per min- minutes played. Um, there's a three way tie for the best striker according to the like rating, whatever. Okay. It is Jimenez, Aubameyang, and Wilson, and then very slightly under them is Aguero, and then my sneaky good pick, which is De La Feo. Deu Lefeu. I just pressed on his name and put him in my team, as you said that. Deu Lefeu. Yeah, an absolute blinder towards the end of the season. And yep. for once, Watford seemed to have a bit of consistency since, you know, they celebrated having a manager for 12 calendar months. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Which is, that's as consistent as you can get for Watford. And you're not going to pick Deeney, are you? I mean, ugh. And that, but that's the thing, yeah. But below 6.5, you've got Murray... For Brighton. No good. You could pick him if he was going to be, like, cheap bench fodder, but six million isn't cheap enough. No. So you can't pick him. Uh, At least with, for me anyway, at least with Jota and King, they're going to play. They are going to score points. And if they don't, fine. I'll have to find a way out of them. But they seem cheap enough. Wilson, eight million. It just, it just... He doesn't feel like an eight million pound player, and that's where I go away from like stats or whatever. Because like the stats show, he's a great player. But for me, I watch Bournemouth. I don't feel like Callum Wilson is an eight million pound player. No, personally, Bournemouth as well are a very mercurial team. Like they can either didn't they they beat Arsenal five nil last season. No, Chelsea, sorry. Chelsea. They beat Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Sorry. Yeah. They beat, thanks for that. But they beat Chelsea 5-0. I'm pretty sure they beat Arsenal 3 or 4-0 as well, but then they got beaten 5-0 by Palace. There's big, big swings in that team, which is always... It means that with players like that, you just have to be able to ride the rough with the smooth because you will get oh, I those can ride weeks the rough, where you get... Right. Yeah, I know you can, you filthy animal. Um, <laughs> but I also think at 6.5 for a striker, you don't need them to score every single week. And that's the other thing. Like People get budget players or near-budget players and ex- you, you can't expect them to score every week. One in, no. one in three returns is fine, absolutely fine for a sort of... 6 million, 6.5 million striker. I'm hoping Jota and King will do better than that. But, you know, you can't you can't expect that sort of player to return every single week. No. It's not going to happen. No, and I think that's fair, one in three, because I'd expect from someone like a Salah or an Aubameyang or a Guero for that price tag, I'd expect almost one for one. So maybe like a two to three or three in four return. So if you're looking at half the price... For a midfielder, certainly. Yeah, then you're looking at half the 
half the kind of goal involvement, which I think is fair. And and players like Dale Lefebvre that we said earlier and King, you know, yes, they're going to have games where for some reason they slip up 2-0 to mm. um, Norwich or Villa or whatever, but then randomly they'll have those games where they where they hit Chelsea. Again, sorry, Oscar, to bring it. No, that's fair. <laughs> all coming, crashing back down on you because I remember you actually blocking out that game and forgetting about it last year. That's one of my favourite episodes. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. So it, it those kind of players lend themselves, Ian, like you said, to not having them as your third option because you need them to play more and actually have them in your team. Yeah, definitely. And I think, but I think Jota and King again. I think they've they've priced them really well for me. Yeah, the only player I like more than them is is Delefeo at his price. How much is he? Six and a half. He's the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, like, even with his, like, not particularly consistent playing time last year, which I think won't be as much of an issue this year, mm-hmm. his numbers for last year at this year's price still come in, like, very barely behind Aguero. I haven't even looked at him, so I'll... Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe one to but consider. But it is really fucking hard to find a third striker. Like, so you have uh, Aubameyang, who's an amazing pick. He's tied for first with the things. But how are you balancing that? I, I can't afford three premium guys. I cannot find the price for it. Yeah, so that that's the thing. If you're talking what premium attackers, you're talking. Well, so I have Salah and Sterling first in my squad. That right. was like immediately what I did was put them in, and yeah. then built everything around that. And I cannot get a third good striker in. I have like three medium strikers right now. And I think I think it's impossible, like to to do that and have two very good defenders like like Robertson and Alexander Arnold. Right. Like so. Um, well, before we get on to what I've done in midfield, which is I've got Salah, but not Sterling. Okay. Um, what do you think about premium picks uh, in the forward line? The only good ones are Aubameyang and Aguero. Yeah, I think that's fair at the minute. And it shows in the pricings. I mean, you look at someone like Lukaku, who, I, I mean, I just got to it, has dropped from 11 million to 8.5 mil in the game, which is crazy, um, yeah. considering he's still should be on paper the main striker for United. Um, but Rashford is the same at 8.5 and that feels a bit like a chance. But I think you're right. Aubameyang and Aguero are the kind of big ones. Um, and Lacazette as well. I think because Arsenal, for all their problems, I don't see them becoming less attacking. Um, so they can both be kind of in the conversation for golden boot again. Although if you're looking at Lacazette at 9.5, I would counter with Vardy at 9. Well, that was that was where I was kind of going, is Vardy at yeah. 9 and also Leicester in general now. You know, we saw them under Brendan Rodgers at the end of the season start to be a lot more attacking again and, and building that confidence and that positivity in their play. And does, does Vardy priced at 9 million, you know, is that kind of good or is that... Does he? Do you think that he sits too much in that no man's land of not premium enough to lead the line, but not cheap enough? Yeah, that that nine, eight to ten ish range. Like, there's no good reason to be really going for that because, like, there's so many good players at seven and a half, at at six, at six and a half, seven, and then there's good players at eleven and twelve. But there's almost no one worth it at eight. You're better off spending that money in defense or in midfield, and then just buying a six point five guy. Yeah, but do you think, for instance, if I was to trade down from Aubameyang to Vardy with a little bit of shuffling, I probably could get Salah and Sterling. I mean, if if that's the way you want to go, he's like your cheaper premium option, isn't he? Do you look in each of your 
positions, do you look to have one person that will kind of always be there, like fi- your fixture-proof player, as it were? Do you look for at least one in your forwards, your midfields and your defence? I do, yeah. So for me, like balance and structure is a, is a big thing. So I there's a big thing on FPL Twitter and everything at the minute about going five at the back and playing ridiculously strong in defence. And while we've spoken about it, and you've definitely got to think about shifting a bit of money towards defence, I would never do that because I just think it hamstrings you for Mm -hmm. doing any moves. You've got to... I've always gone for balance. So I've never gone for like three premium forwards. I'll never go for five premium defenders. I think you've got to be able to shift in each position. So, yeah, I've, I've... always gone for one premium forward a couple of premium midfielders and maybe one premium defender and then a few mid price options or whatever yeah I think that's right and even even to the point where like last year it wasn't very often at all when I even had three players from the same team because then if you need to swap one for another it's it it, or you need to get someone in like you need to do you know what we actually um in the FPL episode last season uh oscar cautioned me against getting edison in goal because i might want a third man city player and sure enough within a few matches i did and i had to take a hit to move edison you know and and have enough money to get a man city player so yeah it's a fair it's a fair point you you should only triple up if you're absolutely confident in a team nearly everyone is tripling up on liverpool uh, because of the value offered, I haven't seen as many triple ups on Man City, and as it stands, I haven't even got a Man City player. I only have one, and it's Sterling. Yeah, because I think with Man City, where they're all priced fairly high, there's such a big squad there that you're never really sure who is going to play. So you know, there are times where I've had three City players in a team, and they've all been in my team, and they've all been on the bench for the game. Yeah. And that that can just be so soul destroying um, when you when you see the lineups come out. Yeah, and you're talking premium players mm-hmm. <laughs> just scoring you nothing. La dola. Are there any good promoted players that people might not have heard of? You guys are way more familiar with the lower leagues than I am. I'm barely familiar with the bottom half of the table. (laughs) This is true. Um, I can't admit to knowing a lot about the promoted teams. Um, There's been a lot of talk, and he's in my team at the minute just because he's my hipster pick. Um, I like to have one kind of each position, kind of one person that can just be a little bit of a punt and just have in there to potentially, especially early in the season, potentially gain some value or just pick up some extra points here or there when you're a bit stuck. Uh, And Timu Puki. Um, the Norwich striker he had a good year last year and so there's a lot being kind of said about him um, as well there's Max Ahrens for them who's kind of being spoken about in a similar way to like Ryan Sessegnon um, although that didn't really work out that well for Fulham he's kind of someone to watch who uh, Ahrens is 4.5 million and, and Puki is 6.5 yeah that that's where they've been really good with the pricing I mean it's it's hard to justify. Is Pookie six point five? Did you say? Yeah, six point five. Yeah. I mean, he scored a hell of a lot of championship goals, but we all know that's very different in the Premier League. Yeah, but and, that, and that's what I mean. It's a similar situation to Jota as last year. Do people jump on? And again, yeah. it doesn't work out because it's Norwich, and and unless you you know Wolves are the exception to the rule, and so I'm wondering if there could be recency bias with a lot of those players. Yeah. I mean, that's why for me it wouldn't be. He's not someone I'm 
you know counting on and and whatever it's just kind of I afford myself enough enough positions where I've, I've going for consistency and then enough other ones to have like a bit of fun with it as and yeah. where you can just to make it a bit interesting and not make it boring and have the same team as everyone else yeah true um, but, but they're, yeah, their pricing's been very tasty on a few people. I mean, I think Grealish is six, I think. Oh, I Ooh. forgot about Grealish. That's not a bad shout. Six is tricky, though, isn't it? I mean, it's not full-on budget. It feels like everyone's between five and seven this year, unless they're 12. It, I think <laughs> it does, because it's all all your defenders and midfielders seem to be about that price. I mean... That's what I mean. They've crunched it all. They've crunched it all into the same range. Yeah, they have. It's very difficult. Uh, you've got um, Aston Villa have bought Tyrone Mings. He's four point five. No, no, no. I I'm inclined to agree. A sort of promoted defender, possibly not great, but he's worth a mention because um, if he got similar numbers, he might get points. You know. Yeah. No. I mean, minutes played one four in like he's he's been in FPL for four seasons apparently. Um, well, points five, three, <laughs> four, and one. <laughs> yeah, but come on, <laughs> it'll get a good run in Villa. I mean, but it's it's Villa. Mm. So yeah, I think I think you've you have largely got to steer clear of um, promoted teams, really. Okay, I think Wolves, like Chuck says, were the exception. Uh, speaking of Wolves, if we go into midfield, uh, Chuck already mentioned him. Um, then Donker as 4.5 and like you say Chuck looking at the end of the season rather than the start then Donka for me feels like you have to have him at 4.5 because he enables so much elsewhere but he will actually play but he he any 4.5 midfielder who plays two thirds of the time oh yeah it doesn't it, matter it, you gotta do it, it you gotta him. do it because everyone you, especially this year with the prices being so so hard to navigate, like genuinely that million, million, million and a half is going to be so well spent elsewhere. Yeah, that you you absolutely have to do it, and know that if you do need your bench player, he will probably play, and he will, you know, every now and then he will score points. Like I say, he was involved in the goals against Newcastle today. Even if he just comes off for two, like that's you know two. Yeah, two's good enough for a four point five, definitely. Yeah, I think I think he's at the minute. I think he's a no brainer. Then Donker at 4.5, you've yeah. got to do it. And similarly, Danny Drinkwater at 4.5 is perfect price to buy. <laughs> price to buy. I mean, Mr. Consistent last season. I mean, mm-hmm. points, Definitely. zero. Minutes played, zero. <laughs> I genuinely forgot he existed until I saw the summer squad lists and I was like, oh shit, Danny Drinkwater. He counts as a homegrown player. Yeah. <laughs> He's won the Premier League. <laughs> He's a Premier League winner. All right, so we're running a bit long, so why don't we wrap this way so we can get to the second half with the listener questions and the draft No, stuff. no, 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 no. No? There's one more interesting point, and we're on Chelsea, so we may as well talk about the fact that at the minute, obviously I've, I started this at the very, very beginning with wanting to wait and see on Chelsea, but Oscar, it must excite you, the fact it's not a, this isn't a dig as well that the most expensive Chelsea player is 7.5 million and there's just must you must be waiting for someone within that to kind of explode and yeah be I already have FPL my goal. eye on a few because I do think that once Chelsea sort out their lineup once guys come back from injury there's going to be ridiculously good value on that team 
because we're not going to compete for the title, but we're like solidly a top six team and everybody's at about seven, six and a half for us. Mm -hmm. Like it's crazy. So everyone knows the defenders. Don't put your money into the defense, especially this year. Who knows what it's going to be or who it's going to be. But if you're looking at like Ruben, when he comes back at six and a half, he's going to be an amazing pick. He gets goals. He gets assists. He's going to be playing very constantly, consistently. Callum Hudson-Odoi at six is sneakily like one of the best picks once he's healthy. He's coming back after the first international break. He is very, very electric. When he plays, he gets goals like it's fucking nothing. Like his goals per minutes are higher than Eden Hazard's. Like that's, you know, he just, he just needs the minutes. So he's going to be out for the first month. But once he's back at 6.0 is insane. I think they've been genuinely short-sighted in pricing those. I think because, so. Because, yes, we know they're not going to start straight away, but that's because they're injured. If they weren't injured, I think certainly Ruben and, and uh, maybe even Hudson O'Doy would be starters. They'll certainly get minutes. Yeah. It's, that, seems, that seems low. It really does seem low. And I don't really know why. Just because they're injured at the start of the season. Just no, it's price crazy. them for it's when crazy. they're back. And Chelsea are going to score a lot of goals. And the goals are going to come from somewhere. And it's going to be from someone who's 7.5 million or less. And especially... Well, it's not going to be from Giroud. So I'm looking at Callum Hudson odoi <laughs> and Pulisic mm. at 7.5 and at 6 playing Chelsea wingers who are going to get goals. Like... Holy shit, those are great picks. Especially where we said that you need to look to cut money where you can and bearing in mind most of the midfielders you're looking at are start at 7 million and are in that awkward price range where you're probably going to potentially going to have two to three of them that's going to cut your value somewhere. That extra million will go a long way. And and again, that you don't need as much from them. You know, if a player scores 100, if you get 140 points off a 7 million pound player, it's the same as 120, point, 120 points off of a 6.0 million. If you're bringing in Callum at six and that lets you bring in Aubameyang, Sterling and Salah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, because my other two premiums other than Salah are Sigurdsson and Pogba. And yeah, exactly what you say there. If I could downgrade one of those to a regularly scoring Ruben or Callum Hudson-Odoi, then yeah, one of the other ones can go up to Sigurdsson. Uh, uh, Sorry, one of the other ones can go up to Sterling. Um, you know, with a bit of jiggery pokery. So, yeah, I mean, I think a they're there. Jiggery pokery. Jiggery pokery. Is, is that, that another? That no. sounds like something you do in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> well, he does that as well. <laughs> Just means a bit of moving about, you know, a bit, bit of sorting things out, a bit of jiggery pokery. No? Okay. All right. That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle the hundreds and thousands, do a bit of jiggery pokery. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> drop your kid off at the nursery. <laughs> yeah. And make a spotted dick. <laughs> Alexis Sanchez, 7 million. <laughs> Dude, he is a full 1.0 more expensive than Callum. I'm so glad you asked because I wasn't going to bring it up. I'm trying to be less of like a blatant Chelsea bias. It's not going to work. It's going to last no, time. I know that. Right? Fine. But I wasn't going to bring it up. But you're right. Like there's so much fucking value on the Chelsea team once we know who's playing. Indeed. It's a big question mark. So don't get anyone until after the first break. But if you wildcard on that first international break... Bring in two or three Chelsea players for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think once you know once you know how they're playing, the the way they're playing, you'll see what Lampard's style was going to be with those players because you can't really ascertain much from Derby. Um, he's he's going to be playing a lot of you. I mean, remember as well, there are players there like Mason Mount isn't there, is he in the game? Yeah, no, not yet. 
and he's gonna he's not gonna play every week. He's not gonna be a regular starter, but no, but, he'll but get even some still, minutes. there's there's potentially a lot of exciting players that will drop into the game for Chelsea and others as well because you know they have a loan army of forty five players and they're not gonna be sending all those out this season. I really hope Batshuayi stays. He's been doing well in no. preseason. Every time he plays, he does really well for Chelsea. What this is a whole separate conversation. We'll talk about that later. I want him to stay, at Palace. Can't he's, have him. He's not in the game either, so that's obviously going to be the points is based on who he plays for, I reckon. Yeah, that's weird that they, like, just put him as a Chelsea player. He's a Chelsea player. He's playing for us in preseason. More but, than they, but they hold it back to get the value because if if they put him in as, you know, if the transfer happens with these kind of players and all of a sudden they get transferred to a team where he's going to play more minutes, etc. but he's but less valued. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, why not just hold the whole game back? Because they released it early this year. I mean, really it's a good early. sort of 10 days earlier than it usually does or whatever. Why not just hold the whole game back a little bit and wait for Wan-Bissaka to move or whatever? It just sort of, yeah, it seems a bit weird. Well, he was priced kind of right anyway because he's at 5.5 million. Yeah, he was priced for the move, wasn't he? And don't get too excited about getting him, guys. <laughs> no? No. If they bring in one more good center back, there could be a lot of fucking value there. There could be, but Oli doesn't play defensive football. And Wan-Bissaka was covered a lot last year by Townsend. A lot. Because you've got to remember Palace, because they're not as good going forward, they defend more as a unit than a team like uh, United would. You know, are they going to have wingers protecting their fullbacks? Or are they going to expect them all to bomb forward? Hmm. Tactical analysis. Indeed. Indeed. Or, or I'm just setting myself up for a fall when Wambasaka is again like the best defender in fucking Europe and it makes me die a little inside. And we got 50 million and we've spent fuck all of it and bought a shit third screen keeper. <laughs> it's all right though. It's all right though because we played Barnet the other day, 6 2. 6 2 to Barnet. <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it? Bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. Pete, all Peterborough's friendlies have been fucking local shit muncher teams and it's like, what is the fucking point? Yeah. Honestly, although we've just signed the White Pele back, George Boyd. George Boyd, that? Ian's favourite player ever. Unbelievable. We've got Darren Ferguson back managing, George Boyd at 33 playing for us again. Ian? Yeah. Are you an influencer? <laughs> I might be a hashtag influencer. Hashtag influencer. I might be. That is a very good point, Chuck. I say George Boyd, the White Pele, is the best Peterborough player we've ever seen. Two A mere two weeks later... Resigned. You're you're absolutely right, Chuck. Could be me. Look, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but mm. it might it might have been a slightly disappointing season. But calling them the local shit munchers seems a bit harsh <laughs> on Peterborough. <laughs> right? No, I wasn't meaning Peterborough. <laughs> I was meaning the people we're playing in the friendlies. Yeah, the players, the the Peterborough players that they are playing no, in the friendlies no, are the no. shit munchers. I get it. No, I get it. I it's fine. I see where you're coming from. I get it. Unbelievable. <laughs> The signings we've made. All right, give me one pick. One super good sneaky pick that no, like, don't say Sterling. Everyone knows Sterling. Give give us one good pick. I mean, I've looked at the game for half an hour. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Mendy. Oh, my word. I just love him. I love having him in my team. There you go. He's a positive influence on me. <laughs> He's a positive influence in your dressing room. Yeah, he's he's good to have around. He's good on Twitter. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Mine genuinely, if if he stays and he's been playing preseason so far, is Pogba. I think he'll be on pens. If there is any VAR influence, that. that'll be good. Mm-hmm. He's eight point five. It's not ridiculous. You can you can fit him in. 
I think Pogba's low-key a very good pick. I love that. I love that answer. Yourself? Uh, I already threw this out there before, but Dale Lefeo. Yeah, okay. That That's interesting, that one, because I have not even considered him. He cracks the top 10 overall, according to my algorithm. I'm going to have to keep an eye on Watford in pre-season for that one. Yeah. He's, he's two rating points behind Aguero. At 121 versus 123. Yeah, that seems ridiculous. He's like, he's phenomenal. And the start of the season's good. His first four games are Brighton, Everton, West Ham and Newcastle. Right, yeah, because their fixtures are good. Because I've got Cathcart as a defender and uh, Pereira. Is it Pereira? As a midfielder. Because uh, he's only 6 million. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. I picked them because of fixtures. So, shit, yeah, maybe. Oh, you've. Motherfucker, you've got in my head, Oscar. Well, last year you should have listened to me on Ederson, so listen yeah, to me. Yeah, I know I should have. Yeah, oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm terrible because I can't stop myself from doing 90 moves a week and taking like minus 12s left and right. But I make good, I, I give good advice. Like I give good decisions. Sounds like solid advice and I can't argue against it, which is annoying me. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, now that I've sufficiently annoyed Stimmers, <laughs> I think that's a good place to take it to the break. Uh, so we'll go grab some water, stretch our legs, and we'll come back and do some draft and listener stuff. So stick around and we'll see you in a bit. Welcome back to the Miles Offside Fantasy Draft Spectacular. Um, we've been talking FPL in the first half, and now we go to the other side, the darker side of fantasy genre. Ooh, is it a bit cold in here? Because I think that's a draft. Nice. Hey-o. That's why you're the best, Chuck. Um, Oscar, as Ian is our resident FPL expert, and Oscar, the man from across that pond, is our draft expert, as it has been more of a format in US sports. Um, so why don't you take it away, Oscar, and talk to us a little bit about the draft game this year. Sure. So in a draft league, obviously the big difference is that there's only one copy of every player. So if I have, for example, Harry Kane, then no one else can have him, and you can do trades and stuff like that, right? I think most people understand the basic premise of it. As far as like the more specifics... As an experienced draft player, I would say that if you're looking to get into draft this year, because I know I've gotten a few questions about that, people are trying to, like, there's more interest in it, don't do the official FPL draft. It's garbage. It really doesn't work. Stimmers, you did it last year, right? Yeah. I think it's a case of if you can do it with, like, oh, six teams maximum. Max, yeah, even. If Max, even. yeah, exactly. Because I, I played in a couple of draft leagues last year with, like, six teams, and... That is about the limit. If you get any bigger than that, you're you're getting into t- like when you do your draft. So yeah, I mean, we ought to explain for because it's not a big thing over over in England. Like you do a draft night, don't you? So like you say, because you can only have a uh, player can only be bought once, so you can't have more than one Salah in uh, more than one team, for instance. Um, and I should say as well that like a draft night is some of the best fun you can have. I mean, if you can all get together and do a draft night, I mean, me and Chuck uh, and a few of the guys who listened to the gaffer tapes uh, did one back in the day and Oscar, you Skyped in. 
I tried to and Skype in. The Wi-Fi was not working. He tried to Skype in. It was just me texting him while everything was oh, going well, on. I was <laughs> in a in the corner. very, very small hotel room in uh, the Trinity Bar area of Dublin on our honeymoon. On your honeymoon? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, M, I'm going to have to go uh, go to the hotel room for a few hours because we're doing this Gafferazzi official Gaffer Tapes draft league and I, I want to win it. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah, miss yeah. a few hours. She was like, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, God love Emily. <laughs> it's, it's such great fun. I mean, like, you know, you've got sort of maybe 90 seconds to pick your player and then it moves on to the next person. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so I guess I should explain a little bit more about, like, the format itself, right? Like, how yeah. it works. So, as you said, there's a certain amount of teams in a league. Every week you'll have a head-to-head matchup with someone. And whoever gets the most points gets a win. That's worth three points. Tie is one point, just like the regular table. Um, and you start off with the draft night. So, for example, this year I'm doing a Miles Offside VIP draft league for our Patreon subscribers and a couple of extra people. Like Raf is in there because he got third place in the Predictor League. Um, so he snuck, he got a spot. But we're keeping it small. There's only eight of us. And we're drafting on next Saturday, I believe, in the whatever, some time zone so that it works out for here. Yeah. The UK and Australia because Dave is in the league. And so we're all going to draft, and like you basically you take a turn, and you look at the board, and you're like, okay, I could take Paul Pogba right now, I could take Jorginho right now, I could take Kieran Trippier right now, don't, don't take, take him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and don't you take Jorginho. 90- don't take Kieran Trippier either. Don't, Definitely don't. don't take Kieran Neither Trippier. <laughs> I'm only throwing out bad examples right now, because I don't want anyone from the VIP league to know. That's that's like the latest news that I can't believe I forgot to mention in FPL, like, thank fuck Trippier's gone, because the <laughs> amount of transfers I've wasted on that prick. <laughs> Fucking Lego head bastard. <laughs> so I have 90 seconds to pick, right? And I'm staring at the clock. I have 90 seconds. I'm trying to decide who I'm going to take. And I have to decide, am I going to take a forward now? Am I going to take a defender now? Am I going to take a midfielder now? Yeah. Because it might be another 10 picks before it comes back around to be, being my turn again. So if I don't take a forward now and everyone else takes a forward, by the time I come back, I'm not getting a good striker. I'm getting like Glenn Murray. You know what I mean? So like... <laughs> A big part of the strategy is the draft and knowing when to take what positions. So for myself, I always, always, the first two rounds are forwards. Yeah. Because there's so many, such few genuine strikers that are good, that if you don't take one in the first or second round, you're going to end up with like zero good strikers. And you're running out like really, really, really bad players. So like definitely a lot of, and there's articles about this online, but definitely a lot of it is like the draft strategy. Take your forwards early. There's so many good midfielders, you can kind of save that, but try to get one premium one. Don't ignore the defense until the end. Right, so kind of like bounce back and forth. It's a lot about building your squad piece by piece instead of having your eye on specific players, which is how a lot of people approach draft nights, and I think that hinders people from being successful. Don't go in looking at players being like, okay, first I'm going to take a forward, then I'm going to take a defender, then I'm going to take a midfielder, etc., etc. That's what I loved about it, because it surprised me how like reactive I had to be. Like, because I had a sort of list of players, but then I had to think on the fly because... Because they're gone. Like, All the good yeah, players are gone in, like, two rounds. All the, the exactly, name players. Like, uh, so you, you really have to think. You've got that sort of... And also, I think I, in that draft specifically, there was 12 of us. And I think I was, like, 10th or 11th. So it snaked around to me really quickly again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, I'd pick, there'd be maybe two or three picks... Again, and then it'd be back to me again, and I'd be like, "Shit, I've got to pick again." And then you don't see anybody for like twenty rounds, and you're like, "Yeah, Fuck exactly." Me. And I mean, it, it was such good fun, but yeah, you really do have to think on your feet. 
if you've only got 30, 60, 90 seconds to pick your player. For sure. Um, and then the other thing that's important, and this is kind of ties into what I was saying about like, don't do the official FPL draft because a good dr- draft league has way more ways for players to get points. You need points for key passes and chances created. You need points for shots on target. You Because if you're just getting the points that you do for like regular FPL, which is how their official draft one does it, you're looking at a 16 to 17 matchup which with like one fluky goal deciding it. And it's like super boring and not fun and you just get tired of it. But if you have like... So this year for the Miles Offside League, we're doing it on fan tracks. Um, we used to do Taga back in the day. Taga no longer exists. A lot of people moved over to Fantrax because Taga was like, go to Fantrax. Um, and, but the nice thing about Fantrax is you can tweak the scoring system yourself too if you really want to get like super hands-on with it. So I imported the default Taga point systems. Yeah. And then I actually went in as the commissioner and I tweaked it a little bit so that tackles and interceptions are worth more. Wow. I didn't know you could get so in-depth through this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So like a goal would be worth nine points. A shot on target is worth three. So three shots on target is as good as someone scoring a goal. So if you pick up a player who, like, just peppers the goal with shots, a lot of shots, they're going to be a really good fantasy pick in draft, whereas they wouldn't be in FPL. And likewise, like, after I tweaked those numbers with the tackles and the interceptions and just gave more value to defensive actions so that it's not just all strikers and wingers like it is in every other game, um, one particularly surprising pick is James Madison flew up the list to being the fifth best player. Because he kind of does a little bit of everything all over the place. He does a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of tackles, a lot of everything, right? But he's never someone you're really looking at for FPL because he doesn't get goals and assists that much. Yeah. Right? So, like, there's different value there depending on how you set up your league. And I think a lot of a lot of people just do fan tracks and do, like, the standard Taga points. That still is going to be a lot more points for everything, you know. Hazard, great example. Amazing player. Even though, like, and last year he had the most goals and assists he ever had, but even before that, he was never one to, like, consistently be in the golden boot race, but he just did so many dribbles. And dribbles, you know, successful dribbles are worth two points, let's say. So if he does five successful dribbles, that's worth a goal, points-wise. Yeah. So you want to look for those guys that do, like, one specific thing that no one else will notice and be like, oh, okay, he might not be a great player overall, but he gets a ton of fucking chances created because maybe he's passing it to a striker who just shoots on sight. And so, like, now technically I got a chance created, even though I passed it in the center circle to someone. You know what I mean? So just look for the numbers there. But that's really the fun part of it for me is, like, the point system. I just get so frustrated off at FPL because you're just picking goals and assists. Yeah, there, there is a whole swathe of players that are just not pickable. And I love the FPL game, but that is not the case in draft. Yeah, and Golo Kante is the 25th most valuable player in our league. Like, he's above... Some notable examples of people he'd be above is Alonso, Firmino... Aubameyang. Aubameyang only comes in at 31st. Right. Because there's so many other, like, well-rounded players who do lots of other things. Right? So, like, it really can be really different, um, which can be overwhelming for people. Yeah. And that is the thing with draft. It is a huge time commitment. Neither of you guys really likes it that much. Well, no. I'll say this because I'm not involved in draft this year. And FPL, like you said, it's a lot less labor intensive. And I absolutely love draft and I love the concept and the intricacy and the fact that you make trades between players, that you you snatch up free agents, that you can make the changes up to the deadline. Mm -hmm. You can watch the scores in real time. But the problem I found is because I don't have the time to commit to it, 
is that I find it a lot harder to find the enjoyment because I can't right. check the lineup because, you know, because I work in the industry I do on Saturday at two o'clock when the lineups are announced, I'm very busy. So in that hour, it's just kind of, oh, well, I can't really check anything, go or pick up new players. Um, so you miss out on that point and everyone else has made moves and made their changes. And So that's a good point. Oscar, why don't you explain what the difference is between the fact that you can do something after the lineup? Uh, yeah, after the so lineup's been announced. The hour before kickoffs, like specifically 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the East Coast in the U.S. or 2 to 3 on Saturday in the U.K., is like the most exciting hour. Because like you can take punts on players for a week. That is a strategy. Some people don't recommend that. I do. and But it works for me. Like There's so many different ways to play just like FPL. But I'll have like, I don't know, I'll pick up Pedro. And if he doesn't play, I move him to my bench because you can see the lineup tweet at 9 o'clock or at 2 o'clock. And then you have until 2.59 to lock your lineup for those players. So as the lineups come out, you have 59 minutes to be like, oh, shit, fucking Willian is starting this week. He never starts. But when he starts, he gets a ton of points. I can have him ride my bench and then just put him in when he starts because I don't have to worry about, like, the blank there. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah, so if you're someone who's always around at weekends, draft might be for you. Oh, yeah. That, that like, I I know at 9 o'clock, I'm, like, refreshing my Twitter, being like, check, 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 lineup, lineup, lineup. Because by <laughs> 9.02, the three surprise really good picks for the week are going to be gone. Someone in your league have been will be like, oh, fuck, Zaha's hurt. Now this random young kid who's really good is going to play and get 20 points this week, but then he'll fall off the face yes, of the earth again. we don't have that player. <laughs> he's, he's gone. That player does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> or a uh, perfect example, Mares. You never want Mares in your FPL team, but you could totally have him in a draft team. Last year I had Willian and Pedro, and I just rotated them in because I could see when the lineup was and then I'd throw him in. And Mares is a great draft pick because you can afford those blanks. Or you could, or if he's available in your league, you just pick him up the random week, drop him again, pick him up, drop him again. Like they, the players are there. Yeah. So that's the, the other thing which we didn't expressly say because it maybe goes without saying, but there are no player values, are there? No. You you just pick up whoever is available. You can trade any midfielder for any midfielder as long as they're available. You don't even have to trade midfielder for. Oh yeah, in the on the waiver wires. So like, there's a set of players who are called free agents. And you can pick any of them up as long as you drop one of yours. And it doesn't even have to be midfielder for midfielder or forward for forward. As long as you can make a valid formation. Is as long it, as you or... can make a valid formation. So I've definitely had years where I have like only four defenders in my squad. And I have like nine midfielders because then, you know, midfielders will get more points. And I can afford the rotating them around playing the game with the lineups. Um, so that's the free agents. And then the other cool thing is that because there's no values, you can do trades within your league. We joked about that a little bit before, but like... I can let's say I have Sadio Mane and Felipe Anderson, and I really want Aguero. I could do a two for one trade, and I can you know message the guy in my league that has Aguero, and I'm like, hey, you know I know you're losing Aguero, but I'm giving you two good players that'll make up the difference. You know maybe I'm looking at you and your squad like there's no good defenders on the waiver wire, and you don't have any good defenders. I have five really good defenders. I can trade a good defender because I have a lot of them for someone else who has a lot of good midfielders and it kind of helps both teams. That is the thing, I think. If you can get a few people together who are going to be active throughout the season, then the game is amazing. If it dies down, though, it sucks. 
Like, if you have just dead teams that are never trading with anyone, never changing their lineups, now you're staring at that lineup every fucking week being like, really? Really? Romelo Lukaku's going to waste on your dead team that wins no matches? Like, so it can be really infuriating. But if you have a steady crew, like... Yeah, this this is not something for a work league, is it? Where you're convincing Gary from accounts to fucking play. Fucking Gary again, man. (laughs) I went with Gary because it was in my head. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, you, this is not for that, is it? This is for a few people who are going to play all through the season who are engaged. This is to the nth degree of what I said about FPL is you want people to be engaged. You have to be like, if people are going to not trade to anyone because they, they're too scared about giving away a player at the wrong time or if they're not going to pick their players or, or not get involved, it's... But then hopefully people will stay involved because it is more fun. Without a doubt, it is more fun if you can get a few active players together in a league. Mm. It's great. And you don't need, and and that's the good thing, you don't need too many people. I mean, the first year we did it, we did 12 in the league. And it was just too much because you had you had no bargaining tools or leverage to get anyone. It was just you're, you're trading what would be a round one pick for a round one pick or they're very sideways kind of trades that... yeah. And the waiver wire that at that point is trash too. Like you're looking at picking up a backup Norwich defender because everyone else is already taken. Like, yeah, the more people there are, the more players are taken. Which like it seems obvious, but it's not something that everyone thinks of right away. Yeah. So the smaller you can keep your league, the better it is. Although at like six, you're just running out all star lineups. Everybody, so it can be a little too much. Like, I think for me, eight is a nice round number. That's why I capped the, the miles offside league. I guess I should say who's in our VIP league because I'm going to be doing that as our Patreon thing, and I'll update it occasionally. Um, so we have uh, Sam Danby, VIP Sam Danby, who left us our American review <laughs> when he was over here. <laughs> Despite being an Englishman living in Norway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Johnny Boy Worthington and Johnny OG and Raphael Briand, both all of whom we know from the Gaffer Tapes days um, and several of whom are patrons of our league. Uh, we also have Queen Banger. She comes up a lot on the pod. She gives us questions. And then, of course, Devo and Adam P. Because where would we be without them? But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think you guys hit it on the head. Draft is way more fun, but it also requires a lot more attention. And if, there's, if you're in a league with bad people who just don't pay attention, then it's not fun at all. Yeah, I wouldn't say go for a league with strangers because I know some people have had some problems in the past of people because you have to have a commissioner so you have to have a trust system because there is someone who can access the settings and just reverse trades and do whatever and some people can do real sneaky devious things but just make sure going in that you you are ready to commit to the full season or only plan to do half the season like there's there's nothing wrong with doing that you can set how many games you go for or you can do a draft at christmas you know a lot of people redraft again after january I played a couple of um, ten game week draft leagues. Uh, that sounds on really fun. FPL. Um, yeah, and it, it was. It was really good, and they were like because as we've said, FPL draft is generally not worth bothering with. But this was small six person leagues, ten yeah. weeks, and it was fun. It was really good. So yeah, definitely you can do sort of like short short term leagues, and and yeah, it can be a lot of fun. All right, do we have any uh, listener stuff? We do. So on the topic of fantasy stroke draft, how many league stroke games are too many? So this is exactly it. I mean, I I can commit to FPL and that is about it really because even with those sometimes midweek uh, or Friday night 
uh, game week deadlines. That's about as much as I can commit to doing, which is why I don't enter draft games because I don't want to spoil it for people. So how how many leagues or games is too many? I did four draft leagues once, like at the same time. Season long? Yeah. And it was too wow. much. It was it was yeah. like and so I by the end of the year I just picked like two that I really cared about and I like when the lineups were announced, you know, we I just said like the nine oh two thing. If I haven't made my changes by nine oh two, those good players are gone. So you you I had just had to prioritize. It wasn't it wasn't any fun. So I would say if you're gonna do draft and you're gonna take it seriously, two is really the most you can do and being able to do it like within the confines of the lineup things and all the things that do that you have to do to make it a good draft player, make you a good draft player. Two is the most, really, I think. And I never really understand with FPL having tons of leagues, especially if you're trying to compete with them. I mean, if you're just having it as a reference point just to have it within a group of friends and see where you're at, that's fine. But obviously, a lot of the time in mini leagues, you might be looking at different tactics, like trying not to have the same players as the person above you or the person below you yeah certainly towards the end of the season yeah yeah or trying to so if you've got too many leagues then it's not you're not active in them so it's pointless but obviously you can also if you're a great player potentially some people have prizes etc and you can win 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 monets or i don't know socks yeah and for (laughs) for fpl it's definitely more doable too because you're only changing one team and then it automatically changes within the other leagues. Whereas if you're running multiple draft teams, like all of those are going to be different lineups, yeah. different everything. And if uh, with what you were talking about with the lineups, I mean, you, within that hour, you've then got to make sure you're across every team. Yeah, and like I know what players I have on West Ham. So when West Ham tweets their lineup, I'm like, is this guy starting? But if I have four teams, I'm like, wait, who am I looking for on what team? Trying to look through all the different tweets. Like it, it just gets a fucking headache. But I think for everything, it's generally, it's I, I'm of the opinion that less is more. FPL or draft wise, like less is more. Just just pull back. Just enjoy it. You know. Yeah, I agree. I think I think a couple of years ago I tried to play in the twelve team draft you were talking about. I had another draft with like work people, but that didn't really work out. I had FPL. Then I was playing daily fantasy games as well, where like on the Saturday there'd be one team and on Sunday there'd be another team, and you'd bet on it and stuff. And I just I I wasn't paying attention to any of it properly. So I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Less is probably more. Uh, Dave Matteo asks, what week should I stop caring about regular FPL and just focus on draft? Hashtag 1860 stimmers. Now, this motherfucker. <laughs> is that, it's, it's interesting that you got your actual birth year correct. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? You managed to nail that. Dave Matteo is obviously, you know, he, he's shit at FPL, like he's shit at everything. <laughs> so when when is he going to give up and just focus on his shitty draft team that he's got a shitty logo with my face <laughs> on it? Uh, I thought it was really, really funny that he bothered to put your face through that aging old man filter to put it on his team logo for that. The uh, That popular new app on the, on the social medias. Yep. Yep. No, he didn't. I mean, that was just my face. Uh, That's just my normal face. From six years ago. Yeah, from years ago, yeah, when I was in my 20s. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, but no. I mean, I hate all of you and I don't know why I subject myself to this. <laughs> it's because you're English. And on some <laughs> deep level, you feel you deserve it. <laughs> Self-loathing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, well, to directly answer Dave's question, if he wants any chance of beating me in that uh, Miles Offside League, he needed to start focusing on it last week. Shazam. 
bring it. Actually, I have no idea if he's good at draft or not. Like, I'm, there's a lot of unknowns in this league. The Gaffer Tapes League, I knew who was in that. I knew who like who to look out for. Yeah. Well, no, you didn't because none of us, apart from you, had ever played draft before. I had never played draft before I played Premier League draft. I'm not like a fantasy guy in general. I've never done any American fantasy sports. No, but I mean, you've been playing draft before we had. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did one season before that. You certainly have a reputation amongst our friends of, of someone who smashes it at draft. So, yeah, this will be interesting. There's a, there's a, a few people who are a bit more experienced now, a few unknowns like Dave. I don't know what Dave's FPL history is like. I mean, like I know we knew Dave know what he looks like. from listening to the uh, gaffer tapes. But is I'm Dave a gaffer tapes guy? I, didn't re- I thought he was like, I thought he found us some other way. Yeah, I think Dave was a gaffer. Well, it'll, it'll let us know. But I think he was a gaffer tapes guy. 100% he was, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure he was, yeah. Um, but like, I don't know what his FPL history is like. I don't know whether he's a great player at fantasy or just does it for fun. Well, and it's very different skill sets too. Like, Even if he was good at FPL doesn't mean he'd be good at draft. I'm not particularly good at FPL, even when I'm trying. But I mean, he's a he's a maths guy as well. I mean, I know that's what scares me. He's yeah, like he's exactly. got spreadsheets for days. <laughs> and Adam, I feel like Adam secretly has a lot of spreadsheets, and he doesn't fucking tell anyone. I could a hundred percent see that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That kid's definitely sitting at home with like three laptop screens in front of him, being like, "Okay, draft. How do I get good at draft in a week?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you might have a little bit of competition there. Yeah, I'm, wor- I'm worried. I'm genuinely worried. As long as I get one good trade out of Raf this year, I think I'll be. <laughs> yeah, if Raf gives you gifts you the league again, then you might be alright. What was it? I gave him. He gave me Aguero for like. It was Aguero for Jesus. It was Aguero for Jesus. for Jesus the first year, and then there was there was there were supplementary players as well. It was and like two weeks two before Aguero came you back. Traded him. Yeah, the pl- two players you traded to him got injured within two weeks. Like out <laughs> I do for remember that. Injuries. I do remember that on the WhatsApp group. Um, and then just, Aguero went ham. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I convinced him to give me Aguero because Aguero was injured. And it was like, if you're good, okay, here's some good, like, expert level draft advice. Is time your trades to emotionally manipulate the people in your league that you are friends with. Okay? If yeah. Aguero's hurt for five weeks, you offer the trade at week three. Because at week three, they're frustrated about how he's been rotting on their bench for a long time now. But it's not like, oh, he'll be back next week. I just got to hold out. It still is far away enough that they're like, fuck, man, this guy's been out and I got to deal with another month of this or another two weeks of this. Like, Yeah, you've got to put the legwork in. Oh, is that annoying you that Aguero? Oh, it must be. Oh, that must be terrible. That's that tough. Aguero's you know, not, I have yeah. Jesus. He's been really good as Aguero substitute. I don't know that Aguero's even going to be able to take Jesus out of the lineup when he comes back, honestly. Is he even going to be first pick anymore? Might not be. I don't know. Here, you know what? I'll give you a trade. I'll give you I'll give you Jesus and an injured guy, you know, injured for injured, and then you give me Aguero and whoever else you want. Make it seem like you're doing him a favour. Exactly. Boom. That's how you win. Right. Um, you'll like this, Chuck. Rubber Ducky FPL comes in. <laughs> <laughs> why? What's the connection? What do you mean? Why, why is there, like... This is the weird thing. Why is everyone FPL something? Like, you know how it works. You pick an inanimate object. <laughs> but what's the connection? What's the connection to you? Like, I can understand. There's some people that are like FPL accountant, and it's a guy who is an accountant. And then that makes it FPL doctor. This guy might doctor. be a rubber ducky. There's probably a... There's not, it's not like an inanimate rubber duck. It doesn't work. <laughs> 
I don't understand. I don't think you need to overanalyze it. Let's not slag off the listeners. They're nice enough to write in for questions, you know. No, no, I don't mind. And I'm sure they're lovely people, but it's just, it's very strange and I don't understand. Anyway, Rubber Ducky FPL, who also actually linked us an article about, uh, like the first article he'd written about FPL. And I really liked it because it had lots of 90s references at the start, which I full on related to. Okay, I mean, I'll he's obviously at, at least my age or older, and I enjoyed that. But anyway, older, doubt it. When picking between two players, what is most often your deciding factor? Um, number of letters in the name. Ben Donker. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes I play Scrabble rules, so I get the Scrabble tiles out and I spell out the name and I see which one scores That's why more you had points. last season. <laughs> Uh, so should we like actually answer his question or? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I would, for me at least, I would say that I look at the upcoming fixtures. Yeah, I was right? going to say that. I'm a, I tend to be a fixtures over form guy. Yeah. Like that's the sort of big debate. Especially if like in the big picture they've been about even all season long. Yeah, it's hard to ignore when if if a like last season when you had or actually spe- more specifically a few seasons ago. Do you remember when it was anyone playing Villa, you captained them? Yes. Yes. Like, it really and it's, and it was anyone playing Huddersfield. <laughs> Huddersfield. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Huddersfield. Huddersfield. <laughs> but it, it, I find it really hard to ignore those sorts of fixtures. I'm For game week one teams, I am terrible at remembering past seasons. As in, I remember them and I maybe affix a stronger... What's the word I'm looking for? Recency bias. Recency bias. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, I attach recency bias, definitely. So, like, if if last season they played well or a couple of seasons ago they played well, I remember a a game where I captained them and they did really well. They will find their way into my game week one squad. So you're captaining Kane to start off the season? Is that what you're saying right now? No, I've never had good experiences with Kane. I've never nailed it. But they're playing Villa. (laughs) Clearly the best striker in the game. you got to pick them up. They're playing Villa week one. Uh, I've had people say that to me after I've posted my Aubameyang pick, but I I can't do it. I I can't pick Kane <laughs> early in the season. It's all right, mate. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. Don't have to say it to us, mate. It's your team. To be clear, I'm joking, and he's a terrible pick. <laughs> but I have had people say it to me. I have had people say, "Oh, can you ignore Kane against Villa?" And I just feel like going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yes, I can. Yeah, I can." I think there's got to be enough long term strategy in it I think you can't when you're deciding between two players it's got to be is is this person at least sustainable that if it doesn't work out for one game week is it going to matter because you never want to trade someone in for one just to get them out because there's always going to be another place you can improve in your team yeah or injuries so from, like you never know yeah yeah, so you don't want to look too long term because things change, but you don't want it to be, you know, I'd usually look about three, four game weeks. Depending on the price of the player, you need to potentially ship them because if you're going to, say, use up 12 million on a player, you know, after and after three, four weeks, you you get zero returns and other players are getting those returns, then chances are you need to get rid. But someone that's, say, 4.5 to 7 million, you can give them an extra two, few, three weeks because you can just start rotating them out and it's and not wasting a transfer on them and Absolutely. then use it somewhere more important. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I look at too is, like, if I already have Jimenez, am I going to pick up Jota also? You know, like, how, how does that fit with the rest of my squad? 
because I don't want to end up with three Bournemouth players by accident. I'm definitely one for game week one thinking who's been reliable. That means for me, generally not touching promoted players. Who's been reliable in the past? But then when it comes to transfers later on down the line, I'm definitely looking at fixtures. I also think if you if you just put that little bit of extra effort in to look at fixtures, your average player won't necessarily bother. So no. if you you can potentially get on like a mid price player who's got a great run of fixtures and other people wouldn't necessarily look at him. So that that can be just get you that extra few points sometimes. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm definitely a fixtures man. And it, and especially to make sure you don't have a team full of those players that are punts. Because yeah. it, it's that's when it can just get messy and that's when you have your twelve point game weeks out of nowhere. You need that you yeah. need to make sure you keep that good balance, I think. So that it's still enjoyable but it's still it's still enjoyable because you're getting points and it's also still enjoyable because you're taking those chances and playing playing around and having some different players. Yeah. That, and that's very much the way with draft too. Like, I've always been a player, a guy who goes for like consistently getting 10, 11 points every week type guys, as opposed to like, I would never have wanted Alexis Sanchez even when he was flying high. Amazing FPL pick, but in draft, he either is getting like a two or a 30. So over the course of the season, he'll get a lot of points, but I need to be winning matchups every week. So I need steady guys, steady points. I never want to have a week with less than 100 points. And if I happen to lose to like the 200 who had like five really hot guys that week, fine. But over the course of the season, you want those steady points. You don't want guys who get hot and then get cold. Oscar really always does just want five really hot guys in a week. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, really. Monday to Friday, he takes the weekend off. Yeah, he relaxes. That's when he spends his time with the wife. Um, I'd like to ask FPL Rubber Ducky how many Rubber Duckies does he own? And that's all. That's my question. And how many even play FPL? Yeah, because sometimes maybe we can ask questions back (laughs) and see if they actually listen. Yeah, listener questions and also our questions. And last of all, I've got another question from Sam Danby making a Sam Danby sandwich. Um, although it's not Sam Danby sandwich, is it? Because he's the bread. So it's just a question sandwich. Yeah, Dave Mateo and Rubber Ducky FPL were the. So Sam is basically what holds this whole segment together. He's the bread. So it's a Sam Danby glue podcast. It's a rubber. No, no, no. It's a rubber duck sandwich on whole wheat organic Sam Danby. So Sam Danby asks, "What are the lesser known rules of playing fantasy?" Now these aren't necessarily official rules, but just things that you think should or shouldn't be done uh, that maybe the wider community might not know. I mean, should we really say any rules that the casuals, the disgusting casuals, shouldn't know? Do you want to give away the secrets? Exactly. The secrets to your 200k finish? Don't pick Rondon. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Unwritten rules. I really can't think of any. I have a ton for draft, but I don't want to give all those away to Sam Danby, who's in the league with me. No Brighton (laughs) players. It's not worth oh, it. I've got Dunk. Dunk's in my team at the minute. Why? Why? Only because he's going to transfer to Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he stays at Brighton, he's out. I like the Ash Kernsworth, which says captain and midfielder at home. Great rule. Yeah, it works. It like really works. Keep it simple, stupid. Definitely keep it simple. Definitely stop overthinking everything. Like That really is the key to doing well. There, there's more information out there than there's ever been before with FPL, which is great for when you love it, but it's a nightmare for causing headaches, and you can easily find... 
articles or Twitter accounts that both back up and contradict all your own thinking. Right. Um, and I think the most important thing for me with playing it to actually enjoy it, um, far be it to say that that's the right way to play or whatever, is just make sure you do what you want to do. Like use the information, but don't let it, don't let someone else pick your team. Yeah. Like I still have fantasy football scout, like as a bookmark on my Chrome, like right under the, you know, they're, they're right there. I can click it easy, but I stopped going less and less. And I don't know, maybe I'm not doing better per se, but I'm not, I mean, last year was bad, but I stopped a while ago and I wasn't doing worse and I was certainly enjoying it more. If you're doing something that you're doing a transfer and it feels iffy when you're doing it, but you're doing it because you think that a million people on Twitter have told you to do it. That's not the way to play the game, is it? I mean, it's not the way to play life, Ian. Well, exactly, Chuck. Yeah. You know, and you should just do what you want to do, and then live or die by that decision. Yeah, like Stimmer's last season with Ederson. Like that was, you know, you make your choices, you and you go with them. I went with it, and or this year he's not going to put in De La Feo, right? Because he's getting himself all <sighs> psyched out about it. Like, am I? Do I listen to Chuck and Oscar? I might. Do I trust myself because I'm better like than a them at fantasy? Preview or... of how Oscar will be with the draft league. You're such a motherfucker because you're in my head. <laughs> Living there you're rent in free, my head buddy. about that already. And Ugh. I'm so pissed off already because now I've got two. I've got two 6.5 strikers. So if I don't get Delafeo, I'm saying both of them are going to be better. And already I'm overthinking it. <laughs> so, Sam, don't do what Ian is doing right now. That is bad. I'm already overthinking it. Jesus. Yeah, perfect example. There you go. Yeah, but I'm still going to do it. Um, other other things, never captain and vice-captain a player who plays in the same match. I know that sounds really stupid, but like you get, you get weird things where games are called off. I mean, a couple of years ago, there was a bomb scare at Man United that turned out to be some fucking ridiculous thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if you captain and vice-captain a player from the same match... And that gets called off. You haven't got a captain. And I know in the Premier League, like when it comes to winter and games getting called off, everyone has undersaw heating. But you do occasionally get, especially with your Norwiches and um, teams with less money or whatever, you do get games called off because of the surrounding area. They just don't want to get sued from travelling yeah, fans. Still it's remember not, that we that this is England, like. Exactly. A millimeter of snow and everything shuts down. Like. Exactly, and it, it's never the pitch not in the premier league it's never the pitch no. but it can be they just don't want to have uh, fans struggling to travel in the surrounding area so they call it off yeah one more reason to avoid newcastle players <laughs> jesus yeah if you needed another one there's, there's another reason to avoid newcastle players but never captain and vice captain someone from the same match so i mean like looking at um, my team in the first game week like the the temptation might be to captain Salah and vice captain Robertson or something because they're playing Norwich, but I would always just vice captain someone in a different match just in case. And never have an expensive player on your bench. Yeah, don't. If you're paying for them, play them. Any player like over eight million, don't put them on your bench ever. No, otherwise you shouldn't have them. Yeah, exactly. What's the point? Because otherwise, if you're not playing them because of the fixtures, like you you pick that person because they're the best player on their on their respective teams. Premier League has shown in recent years that anyone can beat anyone, um, and you just want to make sure you have that. So it doesn't matter if you know. Maybe there are some defensive exceptions if you know a game's going to be really high, but potentially now you're buying defenders with attacking return potential anyway. Exactly. So forget about it. I've got one as well, which is. 
like it used to be a thing, but I feel like it's not anymore, which is it used to be a thing that you would wildcard definitely in an international break to make money. Like, so you would play the market during that two-week break. Mm. Yeah, I always used to do that. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. Like, no. like the transfers happen immediately after games and immediately before games. And that two-week period now is just a fucking dead... Like, FPL seemed to have got wise to it and well, just... Yeah, they did, because you used to be able to make, like, all of a sudden you'd make, like, two million. Yeah. But then what they did was they... Because there's obviously transfer thresholds. Yeah, but what they've done now is, if you're on a wild card, your transfer doesn't account towards that threshold. Right, so exactly. Effectively, yeah. all the transfers that are happening doesn't matter. But yeah, you could do proper Harry Redknapp style wheeler dealing, yeah. and get in a ton of players you were never going to have again. Let them rise, then jump and do whatever, and build up, build up, build up, and then just transfer back to your original team. That was my fucking jam, man. I miss that shit because that's what I like. I yeah, like making I moves. I just like making moves. Yeah, exactly. I always used to enjoy it, but it's not a thing anymore. And like, I still plan to wildcard in an, in an international break just because I like the two weeks of tinkering. But mm. it almost always fucks up anyway. Like because I, if I've got a wildcard in my pocket, I'm never gonna spend twelve points on sorting out my squad. And early doors, I often need to sort stuff out because we all pick based on not very much information in game week one. So a lot of people wildcard before game week four or whatever mm. because we're not willing to spend that's points. Because kind of first is... international break as well, isn't it? Usually around well, four, Yeah, five, that's true, yeah. actually, yeah. So while I always aim, I always think, oh, I'll try and play the wildcard in that game week 11 international break or whatever it tends to be. Like, it very rarely works out like that. And you're never going to get the money you used to get. It used to be a thing, but it's not anymore. So just play your wild, especially your first wild card, play it whenever you want. If you're not happy with your team, just play it. If it's going to take more than eight points to fix it, just play it. Don't don't think about playing the markets because it ain't going to happen. Yeah, anymore. and even more generally, I used to like try to build my team value until about Christmas. I focused a lot more on that than getting points so that the back half of the year... I think year, there's still some just, merit in that. It's much, much harder to do than it used to be, though. It is, yeah. But I will still, if I'm going to make a move for a player, I will make it early in the first half of the season if I think there's value to be made. But not if they've got a game. Like, if the player I'm buying has got a game later on, like a cup game or a Champions League game later on in the week, I'm not going to do that because you're just asking for trouble. You're going to buy a player who's going to get injured in that game. Don't do not do that for the point one of value you're going to get. But... Other than that, in the first half of the season, I will still make early moves for players that I'm going to get anyway. It wouldn't be the deciding factor, but I will make an early move for a player that I'm going to get anyway. Later on, when there's more rotations, fixture build-up, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'd make my uh, transfers on Friday and that's it. So anyway, we should also mention that... Um, uh, Stephen Toomey, who some fantasy football players uh, may know, he does an FPL beer club on Twitter where he reviews beers. He also brews his own beers. Uh, but he is. Does he work for Tottenham? Uh, no, <laughs> no. He doesn't make his own cheese either. But um, That's why they he... close the cheese room. Yeah, exactly. He is at sixth goal on Twitter, at sixth, the number TH goal on Twitter. And he is uh, starting a podcast. Um, which I think they did a couple last year, the FPL Roundtable. And they have invited us 
to join their podcast league. So we have entered a fantasy football uh, team into their league and we thought that because we're not a fantasy football podcast that's the thing we might have all started as fantasy football players but we're not a fantasy football podcast we thought we would start a team but we would largely open it up to you guys so we're going to make community decisions we're going to put twitter polls out and uh, we are going to manage the team together me chuck oscar and the listeners are going to manage this team together and see if us idiots can try and beat some FPL podcasters. That way, if we come last, um, mm. we can outsource the blame. Mm. Yeah, yeah, blame it on Adam, obviously. Obviously, Adam. It's going to be Adam. Yeah, be Adam's fault. Um, fuck's sake, Adam. So, yeah, we're quite looking forward to that. That's going to be a feature next year that we're going to run and run. Every week, we're going to uh, put out decisions, transfer decisions, captaincy decisions to the listeners, and uh, they're going to run our fantasy football team for us. Uh, which, uh, well, I mean, I'm a very, 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 very good player, so that's going to hurt yeah, me. Yeah, but... I beat you last year. What's that? Um, and also, it contradicts everything we just said about how you should play. But play your own let game. Us then <laughs> play your own game. Play your own game. Yeah, yeah. play your own game. We are going to play our own game. Um, and that way, if you have any stupid decisions you want to make or things you're not sure about, let let it out on us. Do it via get us. Get involved. Yeah. There'll probably be about two votes on every poll, so if you want to just do it via yeah, us, that's everything fine. will end in a tie, at which point I'll decide, and I'll just pick whichever one I want. Yep. Someone make an FPL mop account, please. <laughs> <laughs> do like an actual mop. Yeah, there should be that, actually. So then you can run our league. Yeah. And the other thing is, as well, I am running um, a Miles Offside Cash League as well. So if you want to enter that, it's £20 to enter. The entire pot gets paid out. Uh, last year, I had 50 entrants, and we paid out the entire pot to the top four. Um, and yeah, we didn't uh, nick it like some people have done. No, I'm. This is not a long con. I've not been. <laughs> I've not been on Twitter since 2011. <laughs> Whatever, just. Building up to this, stealing five hundred quid. No, I'm. Although five hundred quid is good. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, if you wanna, if you wanna join that, then just uh, message me. I'm at Ian Stimson on Twitter, and um, you can join the Miles Offside Cash League, where there's there's potentially big money to be won because I'm not as good as I made out a minute ago. Again, I beat you last year. Oh, shit, man, that hurts. Reigning champion. <laughs> that hurts. But it does mean that in every game we've played, Oscar's come last. That doesn't hurt. Because he was last in predictions. <laughs> he was last in predictor league. Yeah. He was last in the draft league that was his concept. Um, last in FPL. Not literally last in FPL. <laughs> no, last million. in all of, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> literally last, please. Yeah. Last in all of it, mate. So... It bodes well for us for this year. Over the course of this episode, I've picked a first draft of the team, which I'm both very happy and also incredibly unhappy with, so I'll tweak that out for you guys to rip to shreds. Um, And we'll leave it there. That's our FPL spectacular, FPL and draft big bumper ball bag. (laughs) I just love saying that. It's just good all the bees. Big bumper ball bag. Um... FPL starts, well, football starts Friday 9th of August, 2019. The bloody football, watch it, it's going to move. Thank you very much, gents. It's been great to talk to you once again and about the great game of FPL. 
Love it. Love it. Yeah. Bye. But I didn't say bye yet. I was just talking to you guys. Fuck you. All right. Yeah. See you later, guys. <laughs> bye. <laughs>